0: This morning's message uh, goes along with some of the things that uh, that we've been talking about. At least it's myself and in, in, in uh, talking with some folks and and uh, and working through some things in the scripture. and And today is is really the the title is Jesus is salvation, and and with a subtitle of trust in Him, right? And so it's important. It's important for us to remember this and. To understand is what we talked about last week that the mere acknowledgment of God is not enough. But there's a lot of folks that run around in this world, and and I think that it's uh, what I would call half-informed, right? In a lot of ways, you know, the, a, an acknowledgment of God is a good thing. It's fundamental. It's foundational, right? Uh, everybody, and, and I do believe that there's scripture that that supports the fact that that God puts it inside of all of mankind. Uh, that he He says that he sets eternity in in, in man's heart and and you what, what do you mean well in other words he he puts god and the understanding it's it's inbred into all of us that we know and we understand that there's a god and that there's life after this life right that there's an afterlife there's too many cultures and too many too many you know transcontinental cultures, you, know, you, you can look all over the place and, and they all believe in some form of a God or some form of an afterlife. You know, I find it ironic, you, know, you say, well, in, in really, atheists, this is something to think about, because atheists don't believe in God. That's wrong. They do believe in God. They're their own God. And their, their intelligence is their, their, their belief in, in the fact that there is no God is their God. They stick to it. They adhere to it. They follow it. They worship it. Therefore, it becomes their God. So they don't escape the fact that they think that there is a freedom in the fact that you don't believe in God. Well, you're, you're constricted to and limited to your own belief that there is no God and that there is no, nothing beyond this life. And so, you know, it's inside of all of us. It's the way God did it, the way God created us. We have to understand there are some key things regarding his salvation, regarding what God does with us and through us. We have to understand that it's not something that we have done in and of ourselves, that there's a, there's a magical amount of things that you can do. There are some key things that we all have done and that we all do that we must hit. And those key things is first is that we, are, we must understand that we are saved by grace. There's no other way to put it. Because mankind in and of ourselves, we are improper before God. We are insufficient. We've talked about this before. You remember Adam and Eve's fall from the garden. There was a point in time where God's creation, mankind, was in the presence of God. Well, that all changed from that point on. We've been fighting and scratching to try and get our way back in. We cannot through the means of man and through the means of abstaining from this or not doing that or, or, or all doing this punch list items, all these kinds of things that we could think about, all these different things. There's not a set list that you could say. They say, okay, I, now I have obtained salvation. Except for very few things. And you look at it, and well, what do you mean? This, this thing called belief and faith. And understanding that we're saved by grace. Well, that's hard to put your arms around, isn't it? Exactly. And that's exactly the way God designs it. Why? Because if it was something that we could put on a punch list or if it was something that we could obtain to in this life, we would do it. And we'd find some loophole in it, wouldn't we? Because that's the way of mankind. We would figure out that, that aha, it's something more. No, it's grace. And we're going to read that in Ephesians chapter 2. One of the things that I would like to highlight is that it, what is important for us to understand is that salvation, as we're going to read here, in, we'll start in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2. Something that is very, very fundamental here. It starts in verse 1, He says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sin." Well, we were dead. Spiritually, we were dead, weren't we? Prior to coming to know Christ to begin to serve him, we were dead. We were dead in our transgressions. We were dead in our sins. In other words, God did not recognize us. Now, he knew we were there. He's an all-powerful God, and he he understands those things. But until we make the acknowledgement of who he is, it's required in all of us. Well, We'll get to that one in a little bit in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. It says by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come we might show the surpassing uh, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that one may boast. And it goes on, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? It says there in, in verse 8, it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. You see, the foundation of our salvation is faith. Hey. Newsflash, the foundation of a successful walk as a Christian is also faith. The foundation in which we are baptized is also faith. Because we believe that when we go into those baptismal waters, we go in a man, we come out a new creature, don't we? We believe in his resurrection. We put our faith in his resurrection, don't we? Well, it doesn't end there either. Because that's, this is where we've, sometimes we've, we've created our own problems. See, so many arguments and so many things have been fought over. Where's salvation? Where you place salvation? Look, newsflash, salvation isn't complete until Jesus returns. But we have the promise and the guarantee that when he does return, if we put our faith in him, he is righteous and true to his promises. Isn't he? It's as good as it's as good as done, folks, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's done. How can you say that? Because he doesn't change the rules on us. He doesn't renege on things. He doesn't say, ah, never mind. or, Or you missed the hidden clause that where it says, nope, sorry, you know, you nullified it. The only, thing, the only thing that he will honor that will nullify you in his presence, that will, that will remove you from the presence, is yourself. You do realize that? The only person, there isn't a single person in here, sitting in here, or some, some mystical creature or some kind of weird thing that's going on out in this world that's going to prevent you from entering into the kingdom of God. Nothing. The only person that will prevent you from entering the kingdom is yourself. Because just as much as God says, hey, look, I'm a fair and just God. He says, you put your faith in me and I will take care of you. If you decide to not put your faith in Christ, that's not his fault. That is your choice. He's a sovereign God. He's a just God. He says, look, make me your choice and I will take care of you. Now, we'll get into what making worldly things is is our Is another day because there are i think this thing called grace and mercy and all the things that go along with that god is far more gracious and merciful than than i think we we understand but we also can't say well yeah so i get to do whatever i want no that's not how that works right uh romans chapter six, verse one over there is is pretty clear on that right and so He tells us there, it says, in verse, uh, back in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, even when we're dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. It brings about life. Our faith brings about life. And in verse 8, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It is a gift of God there. You know why it's a gift? You want to know why it's essential that it's a gift? Because there's nothing that you or I could do to achieve it. A gift is something that God gives, and God gives salvation through Jesus Christ. It's nothing that you have obtained that you deserve, that you've earned. It's not, salvation is not, decide, is not uh, uh, designed so that we can deserve it. We never, ever, ever deserve God's mercy and compassion and grace. We are forever indebted to his son, Jesus Christ. It is designed that way. Because if it wasn't, we would have figured it out, wouldn't we? So we have to understand, that's that first point I said, that we are saved by his grace. Ooh, that's kind of an important one, right? Titus chapter 3. verse 1 I like the title of that it says godly living Titus chapter 3 and in verse 1 it says remind them to be subject to rulers to authorities to be obedient to be ready for every good deed to malign no one to be peaceable gentle showing every consideration for all men for we also once were foolish ourselves disobedient Deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our lives in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. When the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we've done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according according to the hope of eternal life. As it says in verse 5, he saved us. Okay, key. Not on the basis of deeds. that we, Which we've done in righteousness. Which is really important for us to remember, isn't it? That's, that's important for, for anybody that comes to know Christ at the very beginning because you look at that and you go, man, that's like your saving grace, pun intended, right? You look at that and go, man, that's important because, you know, we, sometimes if, if Christ is new to you, if it is, a new, it is a new concept to you, you think, man, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to behave? Or, or what do I got to do to achieve this? And you look at it and you go, whoa, time out. It's, it's actually rather simple, it's not quite that complicated. You've got to start with putting your faith in him. That's the first and foremost thing that we need to do. It's that basic. Ooh. Now, there's Christian lifestyle, Christian living, godly living, like here we're reading in, in uh, Titus chapter 3 that, that goes along with that, but that comes later. But what's also important for us, those that, that have warmed a to for a lot of years, it's important to remember that. Why? Because there, is a, there can be a transition that takes place in our minds and in our hearts. I'm not saying that it's, it's a good transition, but it can take place. We could say, look, I've done this. I've served you for this long. I've got X and uh, X, Y, Z. I've got all these things that I've done for you. Therefore, I am now qualified in your eyes. Just because you say that does not make that so. And that is actually contrary to what the Scripture teaches. No, our existence and our qualification in God is still qualified by our faith. By our our belief and our lives that we put in him and we maintain in him. And that we have to understand that in verse five there, it says it's according to his mercy. Didn't have to do it. So two important things that we must understand. We are saved by his grace and by his mercy. Cannot forget those things. It's important for us, for those that come to know Christ, it's important to to understand what grace and mercy represent. And you understand that that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world so that he would save sinners. Take a look around the room, folks. There's a bunch of sinners in here, including with the guy standing before you today. He came down here. We are evidence of his gospel alive and well in this world. We are evidence of his grace and his mercy. We have to always remember, for those that have been sitting and warming a pew for a while, we have to always remember you have done nothing to deserve what you have. Doesn't mean you can't appreciate it. Don't don't misunderstand. Doesn't mean you can't appreciate what you have, but you haven't hit a certain point where you go, well, I'm done. I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I, I've hit the point where I, I, I've achieved it. I'm good enough to go. No, that's not how that works. We are saved by his grace and his mercy. As it says in v- verse six, he says, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior. Because of Jesus Christ, we have access to the Holy Spirit, don't we? We also have access to salvation. We have access to God's mercy and God's compassion. You see, evidence of God's mercy and compassion is found in Jesus Christ. And in him alone. He is the foundation. He is the bedrock. He is the cornerstone of our very existence. And we have access to Him because of grace and mercy. No other reason. In Romans chapter 10, mm, this is a good one. You know, I was reading this earlier today um, it, it, as well as last night, and it's good scripture in Romans chapter 10. Something that something something really really important takes place you go we have grace and we have mercy what's important for us as humans right and as mankind is this thing called confession not not confession what i mean is the confession of who your savior is and confession of who god is right and confession of understanding that there is a god and that he had a son jesus christ and that jesus christ was nailed on the cross you cannot nail god to a cross you understand that right But his son, Jesus Christ, was nailed to the cross for our sins and for the salvation of mankind. God's mercy was demonstrated because he sent his only begotten son. We'll get to that scripture in a little bit down here to save you and I. There is a public confession that must take place in all of our lives. There is something, an acknowledgement in in Romans chapter 10 in verse 1. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for them and for their salvation. What's he talking about? For I testify about them. They have a zeal for God, but in accordance with knowledge. That sound familiar? You go, well, now he's talking about his Jewish brethren, right? That's who he's speaking about. He's talking about his Jewish brethren. Well, they believe in God. Well, they're God's people. And that's something you must never forget as well, by the way. And he ain't done dealing with them. He will deal with them at some point. And the dynamics of that warrants further study. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. But he ain't done with them. And I do think that, that it is vitally important that America continues to be friendly to Israel for that reason alone. They are still God's people. They are, God will still, still deal with them. We have such a narrow view, things, a view of things, our Western culture and our Western beliefs and understands, we, we look through it for that prism. we just don't understand that there's a lot bigger world out there. And God looks at it and you go, "There's too many you know, I, you, you can get me going on that topic." And so he says, they have a zeal for God. Now He's talked about God. That's important, right? They have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. Wait, 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 what? They didn't subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. You see? They believed in God. They knew who God was. But they did not believe in Jesus Christ. They fall short. Believing in God is only half of the picture. Believing in God and the power of His Son and His resurrection is the complete picture. If you rightfully and truthfully believe in God, you have to and must believe in Jesus Christ. Verse five, he said, For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows: Do not say in your heart, "Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead." But what? Do, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching. That if you confess. With your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For, the, for, with, for with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in, in riches for all who, who call on him. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How will then they call in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Confession is absolutely essential. Confession of who Jesus Christ is. Why can you say something that, you know, salvation, as he says there, and if you confess with, the, with your mouth that Jesus, why is that important? It's not important for God, you see. It's important for you and I. The confession is an outward expression and an acknowledgement of who your Lord and Savior is. With that confession comes more than just the words that are spoken, although the words are fundamental and key, must be spoken, should be spoken. But it's a representation of something else, isn't it? You see, the confession is akin to something like, you know, I was thinking about doing this. You know, there's a lot of us, a vast majority of us out here, uh, that we have favorite football teams, whether it be college or 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 NFL, right? Right, we have favorite, and you know it's not hard to tell sometimes during football season who we're a fan of, right? Because we we pay attention to all those things. Sometimes we buy the gear. Sometimes we have those kind of things, right? And you go, wow, that's that's kind of a you know you're you're a Raider fan, you know. Obviously, I'm, there's not many of us in this room. There's more of us out of work, though. I'll just say that. Uh, but, uh, you know, not many of us, right? You look at that and you go, man. But I wear, I'll wear Raider gear without batting an eye, you know. And, and so much so, my wife, <laughs> she, wore, she wore one of my Raider hats to the store a year or so ago. And some guy started talking smack to her while they were in the store. <laughs> and she's like, man, what's going on with this? I said, well, you're wearing a Raider hat, so you got to understand that that's, that's how it's going to go. You know, they you you're, you're going to hear that, you know. And they're one of the most loved as well as one of the most hated teams in the NFL. And so, you know, I wear it. I wear that gear. I've been a Raider fan my entire life. Ever since I was a kid. And you look at that and you go, "What do you mean?" Well, I bear I bear that I I fully know there are consequences to wearing those things, right? But I wear it. Boldly, and I have, no, I have no fear when I wear those things. You go, man, that's, and that's not a big deal. It's really not. But then you look at it and you go, well, especially when they've been losing like they have in the last several years, right? Yeah, well, it, it's kind of tough to be a fan, right? And you go, oh, man. What my point is is that we will all go out of our way to wear our, our, our gear, so to speak. You got a Ford shirt on this morning, right? You know, there are certain Fords that I like, certain Fords I don't like. You know what I mean? But, but we do those kind of things, and we do it, and it's almost we don't even realize you you like Fords, right? Yep. You have no problem saying Ford. You know, if Ford Chevy. You know, I'm a Chevy man. I love Chevys, pickups. I like them. Like it's something inside me. that's it's hard to, you know, because the those those new uh, what's that motor you got? The Eco Boost. Oof, that thing's fast. I drove Caesars. That thing's fast. Put it in sport mode, them things scoot, right? But there's something inside me and you go, man, I don't know if I can handle getting a, getting a Ford pickup. You know, you go, what? No, those the kind of things we go through, right? You go, just, just don't know if I can handle it. Ah, it's trivial, right? You go, now bring that back and correlate that back to the confession that we have. Confession that we have in Jesus Christ. You see, the public confession or the confession of who Jesus Christ our Lord is, is something that signifies our belief and our faith. That takes us beyond the acknowledgement internally. Now, it is a our experience with our f- salvation. When we first put our experience, or when we first put our faith in Jesus Christ, it's done internally, is it not? The change inside of us is an, is an internal Um, an internal thing that happens to all of us when we direct our faith towards Christ, right? The confession is a public declaration of who God is. It's important. It's essential. We must confess that Jesus is is our Lord. We must understand. Now, his confession is, it goes beyond just the mere speaking of the words, but it continues to go on and progress into other areas in our life too, doesn't it? There's a continual confession of who Jesus is. Wait, wait, what are you talking about continual confession? There's an initial confession, right? But there's a continual confession too, right? You go, what do you mean? Well, I don't know. Remember when, remember when Peter was following Christ when he was, when he was getting uh, crucified? You guys remember that, right? He, he, he's falling at a distance. He got approached three times. And he denied God three times. He publicly denied Jesus. Matter of fact, said a few cuss words, put a a cherry on top, right? That confession wasn't there anymore. It's a continual confession, isn't it? And that's hard to do. But it's essential for all of us that we must understand that that salvation in this life that he calls us to is not temporary. It's not short-lived. It's something that we continue to progress and we continue to, to strive to become better at. But it must take place. The confession is something that is a representation and a public dec- declaration of who our God is and who our Savior is. I've heard, I've heard a parallel. You know, a lot of us wear this right here, right? Wedding ring. Correct? Well, for those that are, are married. Don't, right? Well, what is what is that? Confession of your love. Every day you wear it, right? It's a confession of your love and your espousement to your wife, right? Ooh, what do you mean? Well, that's a representation. That's what it is. It tells everybody else, it tells all them other girls that you're married, right? Some of us have more problems with that than others, but. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I probably shouldn't lie in church um so <laughs> uh, so but the point is is that you look at that now that is a it is a public recognition and acknowledgment of your your marriage and espousement to to your wife right or your husband vice versa right you look at those things now i understand there are some jobs and things out there that you can't you can't wear a wedding ring for and those kind of things and and but then – but there is something that takes place inside of all of us when we put that on. You've you know, done a couple marriages, and so it is a representation of the agreement between a husband and a wife. And I do believe it is between a husband and a wife <laughs> in spite of what our state may say. So um, we have to remember that that's what that represents. It is a public confession. <laughs> Salvation, as we said earlier, is only in the name of Jesus Christ. In John chapter fourteen. And verse six. And it says, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He is the life. He is the way. And no one comes to God but through Jesus Christ. You may be a really awesome person. You may be really smart. Matter of fact, you may think you're the smartest person here today. That's great. But that doesn't qualify you or make you any better a servant of God his grace and mercy that puts us there and that access is through Jesus in Acts chapter 4 Go back and read verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read 11 and 12 for you today. So for context, go back and read uh, uh, verses 1 through 12. In verse 11, he says, And he is the stone, which is talking about Jesus, which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation is is in him alone. In the 37th Psalm, it says, but the salvation, verse 39 and 37th Psalm, it says, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. In John chapter 3. verse 16 it says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but may have eternal life for god did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him he who believes in him is not judged and he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son and so we understand that as it says there that That God loved the world. Why would God, why would he do that? We're his creation. Yeah. See, this is where we get so blind and short-sighted sometimes. We don't understand. It goes all the way back to the foundation and the fundamentals, right? God created mankind. God created this world. God existed before we were created. He existed before time. His desire has always been to have a people that he could dwell with. But we messed that up. <laughs> Mankind messed that up. They need Jesus Christ. He says he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you will not die. There is life in Christ. He is the, he is the only access to the Father. And so for us, the gospel message that is preached and taught to, for, in here and for us and those out there, brethren, speak it boldly. Remember that, 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 that God has, because of his grace and his mercy and what he's done for you, the sins that he's forgiven in your life, those things, you begin to recount those things. And don't let them beat you up. Because look, we all have sins and we all have struggles. Don't let those things mount up in your mind and your heart. Say, I am worthless, newsflash. There ain't a single one of us in here that deserves this. That's why we got we to gotta talk about these things. We got to preach these things because people got to know and understand that you and I, we have understood and, and fully recognized we have done nothing to deserve His grace and His mercy except for we put our faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. When we begin to put our faith, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, his spirit and his body and his church and his 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 divine intervention in our life begins to change our lives. It begins to empower, it begins to inspire, it begins to impart wisdom in us that we don't know where we got it from. He begins to put people in our places, in our paths. Why? Because we simply carry his gospel message out there that Jesus Christ changes lives and saves people. His salvation is not something that you or I own. It is his you go, well, well I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if I if, if I could share, you know, they may come to church, they may not, they may they may get baptized or they may why are you worrying about all those details? That ain't your job. That ain't my job. If God's put someone in your path and they need Christ, you do you you are there to introduce them to him. That is your job at that time. Speak his name boldly. Confess his name. Tell them who Jesus is. Tell them about his divine power in your life and the sins that he's forgiven of you and the, and, and the life-changing power of his Holy Spirit. Because, brethren, it changes lives. His spirit changes lives. His, 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 his divine intervention in our lives is second to none. There is no better medicine out there. There's no book that you can read that can fulfill what God and Christ has done for all of us. Speak it boldly. Confess it before men. Wear it with pride. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. In Romans chapter 1, I'll end here. Verse sixteen he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and to also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous men shall live by faith. That same faith that you put in Christ, that initial belief that we put in him, is the same faith that we live by. Only God continues to inspire, teach, And guide and direct our lives. But don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't shrink back. As it says, therefore, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel message of the salvation of Jesus Christ and his mercy and his compassion in our lives, brethren, is something that we must, we must be compelled to share. Because we know what he's done for us and what we're capable of doing through him. He's a good God. He's a wonderful God. And his mercy and compassion on our lives is a wonderful thing. That's all I got for this morning.